if I asked you to name your favourite black writer, who would come to mind? Most people will probably think of an author, but some of the most talented writers of our generation are also found in the black music scene, including rappers who take inspiration from beats, rhymes and life. At its core, writing is all about communicating a message to people, and they found a way to do just that. I'm your host, Yolanti Fawahidmi, a journalist who advocates for innovation and storytelling, and this is Black Prose, the podcast where black writers talk amongst themselves. In this episode, I'll be talking to my old friend, Jordan Edward Wilkes, who is also known by his stage name, George. We went to school together, we're in the same form group, and even sat next to each other in religious studies. He's a rapper, musician, singer, songwriter, producer, podcast host, and the co-founder of Pickney Uniforms. People fell in love with George when he released his debut mixtape, Means to an End, and the 10-track project and film, Almost an Adult. He produced a song of the summer, Glide, in 2019, but his creative response to the murder of George Floyd proved his depth and his ability to voice the emotions of the black British community. His single, Black and Ready, made me see him not just as a former schoolmate, but as a true artist. This year, he released an EP called Swings and Roundabouts and has a new album on the way. So this is the perfect time for a catch-up. So, the oh. album that you've been talking about often. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called? When is it coming out? I can't give you a name yet. Have you decided on the name? I've decided on the name. I decided on the name about a year ago. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it based on a personal experience or what, what inspired the name? Yeah, personal experience. I like idioms. So, mm. I, I spend a lot of time just trying to flip idioms into other phrases and, yeah. and make it make sense. And then I found an idiom that made sense. And it hasn't it. like wavered, like you haven't changed no, set in no, stone. No, no. As soon as I said it, it made sense. One day I had a little, I said, oh, I spoke to the brothers. I was like, yeah, maybe we should change it. They were like, no, 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 no. Keep it the same, bro. You're overthinking. And I'm very sure. Are you sure done with it? It's finished. It's finished. It's finished. Yeah. How do you feel? When did you finish it as well? I finished it a couple of weeks ago. But really, a lot of people think that the album is just the music, but it's everything that's around it. So it's not really finished until it's out. I even say it's not even mm. finished until after it's out because you still have to tour it. You still have to communicate what you see in your head as an artist. Do you know what I mean? So like Kendrick Lamar is a good example. I went to a show and people heard the last album and they maybe didn't make sense of exactly what it meant until they saw him on tour and they mm. saw like the visual representation of the songs. So for me, it's like, is it really done? Is it ever going to be done? Because it's never really finished. Even when I listen, I'm like, oh, yeah, this... Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Are you perfectionist? No, nah, I, I don't think so. I, I I want things, I want to be really happy with things. Um, but I wouldn't say I'm a perfectionist. I don't know what perfection really is anyway. And mm. I think imp, imperfection is, I'm an imperfectionist, <laughs> if okay. that makes sense. So like, I think there's a beauty in an accident or not really sticking to the plan, going a bit left and discovering something new. Mm. So yeah, I wouldn't say so. That makes sense. But then you mentioned that when you listen to it, you're always thinking, I can change this, I can change that. Um, I guess that's just me being like a fiddle a lot. So like even as we're talking, you'll see my hands doing loads of things. So like <laughs> if you if you leave something on my lap, I'm going to play with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you leave me with the songs, I'm going to tweet, 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 tweet. But I yeah. think a big part of the process of this album has been letting go mm. and even letting go and saying, okay, do you know what? I am finished and I'm happy with this. And it's ready to like come out. That's a a part of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, exciting. Exciting. Yeah. Do you feel proud of yourself? Yeah. I I, I was gonna say no. <laughs> I Why? was gonna lie. Why? 
you know, from school, I was always like towards the top of the class and I felt almost embarrassed, <laughs> almost embarrassed by being top of the class. I was like, let me pretend to not be as smart so I can mm. fit in with the cool kids or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Whereas now I'm like, I'm learning to really try and shout about myself and be a bit more, you know, I am good. I'm where I'm meant to be and everything that's happening is happening and I should be proud of myself for it. It's a complex, I guess. It's a complex I'm working through. But it keeps me motivated. It keeps me grinding, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when did you actually feel like a writer? Because I didn't actually know you can sing or play an instrument <laughs> or rap. Yeah. But when I was like Googling to see if you did anything at school, I saw some <laughs> videos you of you like school braces, hat. <laughs> Were you keeping it to yourself? You didn't really share that side of yourself at school. So do you know what? When I was like year nine, my brother bought a microphone. From then I just started rapping. I used to rap with the guys from Harris Academy. Like, okay. And we finished a couple of songs and used to send it around on Bluetooth, but I never saw it as, this is what I want to do as a career. This is That was just uh, a thing that was fun, for I guess, for attention. And then I, I stopped for a while. And it's funny, in study leave, I've never even dug this deep, in study leave, coming up to just after we left year 11, made a couple of songs. I didn't really feel like, a writer, I still don't think I do. Um, really? Not really, I just write. You know, I don't really feel like a rapper, I just rap. I'm just Jordan, isn't it? it's the same same me that can come up with picnic uniforms. It's the same person that can write a rap song. I don't really feel tied by any label or box, if that makes sense. I just feel everything's kind of all-encompassing and I'm just doing things that I want to do. Or mm-hmm. if, I, if I don't know, I'll learn. Do you know what I mean? So, but I wouldn't personally describe myself as a writer. I'm learning to just be and just exist in this, whatever this is. If I feel like singing, I'll sing. If I feel like making an album that's all piano, mm. I'll do that as well. If I feel like learning to drive a boat. Yeah. <laughs> and does that make me a sailor? I don't know. <laughs> this makes me a guy with a boat. Okay. But <laughs> so, that's different though, because that's a hobby. But this isn't your hobby. This it is, is my hobby. Would yeah. you say it's your hobby? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy doing this. Yeah. Okay. To a point. Sometimes I don't. So but, where does it cross over in terms of hobby and your workmanship almost? Hmm. Or have you tried to like not see it like that because you don't want to become resentful towards it? Because mm. you know, for example, people will say when you do writing as your job, like mm. myself, I'm a journalist. Yeah. When I write, sometimes I, I find writing really annoying because mm-hmm. I have deadlines. The way I have to write is different because I'm working for a publication. Yeah. And then sometimes people say, don't do what you love for work. Mm. Is that what you've kind of subconsciously done? It only becomes work when other people make it work. When you have a label saying you need to deliver because da 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 whatever reason, yeah. Then I'm like, okay, this this feels like work now. So I'm just going to go away for a bit and find my own world where I actually enjoy making music. And that's what I did with this album. I kind of, I just went to Milton Keynes. I found a studio in Milton Keynes and I just went there and there was no end date. Mm-hmm. There was no barely even a start date. It was just, let me just go see what we can do here. Like, let's not put anything on it. Let's not make it feel like we're making an album or we're making yeah. a single or da, 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 da. And then we made the album and it was like, oh, all of us, we stepped back and I was like, oh no, this is, this is the album. Okay, cool. Now let's work. Let's get all the other stuff in place. Let's mm-hmm. get finishing it and blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to the initial creation, it's, I just enjoy it, man. Like, if I'm in this room by myself, I might start tapping something. Yeah. I'm recording, then I start singing the melody, and all of a sudden, 
I'm doing my job. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like you can hear when it's a you can hear when it's a job to someone. You can hear when someone's doing it for something that isn't enjoyment. Even myself, I I hear songs now that are out, and I'm like, ah, I wish I didn't put that out because I feel like I did that for a check, and I can't stand behind that and be fully proud of it. Yeah. Whereas with this album, there's like three versions of the album. I, I made it twice, and I didn't like it. It just didn't feel like something I could stand behind and really like show my mum, for example, and be proud of it. Like, mum, this is mm. what this is what I did the other day because I enjoyed it and I'm proud of it. I want you to have a look at it rather than oh, this is what I've done for X amount of money. You can hear the difference. Yeah. And you know, in the process of choosing what songs stay on the album, mm. does it feel painful to like let songs go? Like, or does it feel like a waste of time because you've put your energy and your time and effort into those mm. songs still? but you don't like it. So what happens? It just gets killed. What happens to those songs? It never feels like a waste of time. I never feels like a waste of time. I think as soon as I've made a song, I've released it. If that makes okay. sense. Because I've already released the feeling that mm. I wanted to communicate to myself when I made the song. Yeah. But when it comes to like putting together something that I want to showcase, it's like, it's a different thing. It's like you have like painters. A painter doesn't release every single work of art that they paint. There's some that they might just keep in the garage or there's some that they might just give to a friend. Yeah. There's some that they want to display in a, in a gallery. Mm. And for me, the album is what I want to display in the gallery. But there's also songs that I'm like, I really enjoy this one, but it's never going to come out. <laughs> but for me, that's the same. It's all the release. So whether it gets pushed by a major label or whether it's just me showing the song to my friends, it's all the same feeling. Yeah. So was there ever a point where you felt like giving up? Yes, all the time. What stopped you from giving up? One time was Ben Packer. He's Ben Packer. Old friend. He went to school with both of us. Mm-hmm. That's my guy. Yeah, I think I was on Twitter one time. Just This was like maybe 2014, 2015. And I was like seeing a lot of people from Creighton blowing up. And there were a lot of them were my friends. And I was working just as hard as them. Like musicians? The musicians, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you see like section boys blow up and storms will blow up and bonks will blow up. And it was like, where's my moment? You know, when when's mm. my time? Because I'm... Everyone I'm playing the music to loves it. Like, what's the thing that's missing? And then I remember tweeting something. I was just in my feels, like 1am. Do you remember what you tweeted? I can't remember what I tweeted. I think it's just something about giving up, yeah? And then Packer texted me. He said, oh, what's, what's wrong, man? <laughs> <laughs> me and him don't talk like that. We don't really talk about our feelings. We just, we're a distraction. You know you have friends that are a distraction? Like, yeah. Oh, I just need to have some good vibes for a bit. But he texted me saying, what's good? I said, oh, I don't know, man. I just feel like quitting. He was like, shut up, bro. <laughs> Wait, he said, shut up. He said, shut up, man. You got this. And that's all you needed. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Was it him believing in you without necessarily yeah, saying yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without necessarily saying it. My dad has stopped me before. He would just say, he was just, he would, when my dad starts asking me questions about stuff, I'm like, oh, you, you kind of care here, mm. isn't it? Like you, you know, when you're a black man talking to another black man, there's a layer of things that you don't talk about. I remember speaking to my dad and he just started asking me questions. He was like, no, do you know what? Yeah, my, uh, my work friend, you um, reached out about your music, you know. He said it's good. Oh wow! But did <laughs> he say? Did he, he didn't say, say he... what he thought. He didn't okay. say what he thought. He would. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do that to my face. He's done that now. Up until now, he hasn't said anything. Told me one time when I was drunk. When he was drunk. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm so proud of you, man. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how does that make you feel? Weird. <laughs> did you take it though? I took it. Yeah, I took it. It's just I know. I also know that he's proud. I can see. Mm. I, I don't need you to tell me. Like even me and my dad was the type would argue. We won't talk for a bit. And then he'd bring me a drink and that's his apology. So mm. he doesn't have, have to say sorry, like I know. So even saying that he's proud, 
I know he's proud and I know he has conversations behind my back mm. saying how proud he is. If he wasn't proud, he would tell me to do something else. Okay. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. He would be like, oh, why aren't you working a job or why aren't you at uni or why aren't mm. you doing something else? But then recently, I think he went through a lot that made him realise the importance of letting people know how you feel about them. And I'm still adjusting to that type of dad. <laughs> I'm still mm. adjusting to that side of him. But it's nice to see him doing that. When he comes up to me and tells me something, I'm like, oh, I really must be doing something right. Because in school, I was in top set more time. And, but if I got an A, he would say, why isn't our A star? Wow. <laughs> and I'd be like, Sounds right. like an African dad. Same sort of, he's yeah. Jamaican, but it's the same sort of thing. I think it's more black parenting, mm. I guess. Like just striving for excellence. Or like, it would be, if I scored one goal at football, we'd be like, why didn't you score three? And I think now he's, now I'm understanding why. Because same me that isn't satisfied when the album's done and the world can love it but I'm like mm. yeah there's always room for improvement there's always room for improvement and I think yeah I guess that's why he did it when I work it out now you know I'm appreciative of it what about your mum has your mum been supportive about your ah, she's always she's always supportive yeah in primary school she was at every football game she will come as much as she could like mm. and she was very concerned when I first started doing music because everyone had this idea that I was going to be the one that goes to university Mm. gets the degree becomes an engineer or something or a lawyer do they not know that you're doing a recording like songs I wouldn't say I hid it from them but I didn't openly showcase it to them but I was never that kind of I never really did that in my life anyway it was mm. more like my siblings would do that and I would just be independent learning you know on my own somewhere yeah that, that's just my type of personality so I I let the work speak for itself but then I remember sometimes I'd go up to her and say oh mum you know I've done this or like, and when I, when there's something that I know my mum would like, I would tell her. So like when I was in The Guardian, mm. I know my mum would like that. So I yeah. told my mum I was in The Guardian. Or like someone put Black and Ready in a book, an author called Jeffrey Bwachi. He wrote a book and he put Black and Ready as a whole chapter. He was talking about that song. I could tell my mum about that one because she'll care. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're very supportive. They're very supportive still. Do you think you seek their approval in any way? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Mm. More my dad. More my dad than my mum. Yeah. Do you feel like you've got it now? I don't know. I don't own a house yet, so when I like, when I own a house, my dad will be like, "Okay, you're you're a real man. <laughs> like, mm. Welcome to the welcome to the world. <laughs> now you got to learn about paying bills and da 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 da." So yeah, maybe when I get to that point, yeah. But we have more mature conversations where he's not telling me what to do; he's asking what I think of something. Yeah, and then giving me advice rather than saying, "Oh, I think you should do this," you know, which is it's a new dynamic still. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You mentioned earlier that everyone thought you were going to uni. Mm. But did you go to uni? I went twice. You went twice? Yeah. Where did you go? Uh, I went to London School of Business and Finance. What did you study? Business management. 
for a year. I said, this isn't the one. I don't want to do this anymore. I collected my student loan. <laughs> and kept what, it moving. You left, you yeah. That year, I was 2014, I got invited to go on tour. Mm. I was like, yeah, I've go made it. Go on tour with you. First, it was a, a singer called Tom Mann. And then through Tom Mann, I met another band called The Parades. They're called Only The Poets now. And they're, um, we're actually signed to the same label, funnily enough. Okay. Uh, and we bumped and when into did you get other. signed? I got signed in 2019. Was that a big deal for you? It was a bit of an anticlimax. Oh, Yeah, it was why? a bit of an anticlimax because I think I put too much on being signed. And then when I went and got signed, I was like, oh, all right. Got in the train, mm. took my sister, went signed, got the train home. But then everyone else saw it as like, oh my gosh, this is it now. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. I just remember fe- feeling like I didn't know what to feel. Then when everyone left, I just started crying. But I, I just had a big moment where, but I wasn't crying out of happiness. It was more like relief. Like, wow, I've put a lot into this, man. Like I'd been making music for ten years before I signed. In my in my eyes, I'm already in the second half of my career. But now it's starting. So it just felt like a big weight where it's actually paid off. Like I know there's a check that's going to come <laughs> that's mm. actually going to pay for everything. I'm not going to have to worry about half the things I worried about when it came to music before. And that was a, yeah, it was a big relief. But there's, but it's a whole new, it's like climbing a mountain and then seeing there's a bigger mountain that you have to climb. It's like it never after. stops almost. Yeah, because like I've been saying three years and only now I think I'm reaching the biggest point in my career. So yeah, it's a different game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different Is there game. anyone that you would like to thank for your success? That I haven't thanked already? Mm, that you would like to thank or haven't thanked either? Matthew Spear. <laughs> oh, who's yeah, that? He's Matthew, Matthew Spear. Matthew Spear from school. He was the first studio I ever recorded at. I don't know if I said thanks or not, but yeah, mm. Matthew Spear. Everyone else, I feel like I'm very open with my gratitude. So people tend to know where they stand with me. Yeah. But Matthew Spear, he, I owe him a lot, man. <laughs> I really owe him a lot. Manifer as well. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. also another school Another school, school friend Because he wanted to make music as well He he took a different path But if I If he didn't give me like the Freedom to just be able to express myself And just write bars And not laugh Do you know what I mean? That's, that, that's important mm. It's cool And I remember The first couple of years I started making music People found it funny A lot of people found it funny But they always thought I was good But they were still They were still find it funny Is it because they they were seeing you in a different light. Yeah, like who they see me, who they, I was little Jordan from school who had mm. braces. I had a list when I was rapping because my <laughs> braces, like, you know, it's, 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 yeah, so I understand it as, as well. But Manifar, like, it was just, yo, man, no judgment. Yeah, so Manifar, Ruben Royal from J-Star Entertainment. He was the person that discovered me, I guess. And yeah. he took me to Cadet if he was here as well. Was the, f- the first shoot that I did, the, the one when I had the J Star top and the mm-hmm. braces. Yeah, yeah. So the story behind that is I was, um, Ruben took me to a shoot and the shoot was a cadet shoot. This was 12 years ago now. Um, took me to the shoot, met cadet. I was a big fan of cadet. We used to, we used to listen to Gypsat back in the day. And cadet's like, he's like, yeah, man, I think you should rap, you know. Like he's, he's introduced me as this rapper. Cadet's like, yeah, you should rap, man. You should rap, rap right now. I said, oh. no, nah, I don't want to rap right now. But rapping like half an hour. <laughs> <And then> <laughs> <laughs> went went to Streatham Hill and shot that video. And then that was the, like one of the first moments when it was like the whole of Craig knew who this mm. George guy was. And, it, and that all come from Cadet and Ruben. So definitely want to thank them for that. Cadet even more so, man, because like, he, 
I remember when I first got on Twitter, <laughs> he reached out to me and just said, yo, Ruben's told me about you. You have a big brother in this. If you ever want to link me, come and link me. And and he lived like Christy Drive. So I just used to go chill at his house all the time. And he's definitely someone I want to thank. Yeah, yeah, um, Wretch as well. I thanked him in person. How was that thinking then in person? Flipping out, man. <laughs> Did you, was it like quite emotional? It was like Simba meeting Mufasa. Wow. A couple of days later, I got my hair locked. Like, I swear <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, so after that, a couple of days later, you got your hair locked? Mm-hmm. He doesn't write, by the way. He just walks up and down. He will get up, have his hand behind his back, and just be walking, eyes closed. And he doesn't say anything. He, he walks around for a bit, and he came up to me, and he spotted me. I said, okay, this is a, this verse is going to be mad. <laughs> <laughs> this verse is going to be mad. And um, he went to his manager, who was sitting down, it was on his laptop, and he like whispered like, like maybe three words in his ear and the manager was like, woof. And he said, oh, I'm going to the booth. And then he recorded his verse. And he just, he just like reeled it off. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, effortless. I've actually seen one of your, like you did a video, you wear like a, <laughs> you wear, <laughs> sorry. You wear a granddad hat and you're oh, on and I'm piano. I'm playing my piano. <laughs> and you're singing. That's some BS, man. I don't know who I thought I was. It was a wretch cover. Yeah, I was, don't know who I thought I was, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I had a cup of tea. Yeah, I had yeah. a cup of tea. Yeah, 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 yeah it was yeah. from the kitchen. And then like, you came around and I you didn't... started playing the piano. So I see <laughs> That's one of the things that could, if that disappeared off the face of the earth, yeah, <laughs> I would be you so, mind. I would be happy. <laughs> but it's good looking, it's fun looking back on it. But like, I was really trying to find something there. Mm, is that finding your voice almost? Yeah, I was finding my, I was still finding my voice and my sound because I was like, everyone in the end was, I was when Graham came back. Mm. As much as I love Graham, I was more soulful. Like I grew up on R&B and I didn't completely find my voice in the grand world. So, But did you feel like you to... had to? Or did you feel like you had to sound like that? No, I had to go against it. Yeah, I felt like I had to go against it because I just felt like if I'm doing the same thing everyone else is doing, I'm only going to get as far as they get. So, and mm. I don't want to get, I want to get further than that. So I need to, I need to do something different. And none of what I was hearing was really speaking to me to the point when I was inspired to create off the back of it. Mm. Whereas like things like Wretch Six Words or Ed Sheeran Thinking Out Loud which was the song that was yeah, on there. Yeah. yeah. Those, <laughs> and, I, and like, I was listening to John Legend back then and, you know, a lot of R&B. And also I was still very envious. So I had to stay away from the things that were making me envious by exploring mm. other things. So... What was, what was making you envious that you had to stay away from? Seeing people love things that I thought were mediocre. Not that they weren't good, but I was like, are you loving this because it's good or are you loving it because it's popular? Yeah, mm. And that something just wasn't computing in my mind. And is there anyone's career that you're jealous of? <laughs> I saw you like flinch a bit. Yeah, no, that's someone, the conversation I've been having. Stormzy, that's the first one. Okay. Come to mind. What are you jealous of about his career? I've been trying to work that out. A big process over from over the last like four months for me was getting to the bottom of my envy and letting it go. So now I'm at a point where I think I've let it go. I think I've let it go. I don't really feel, I used to feel envious. I was like, oh, he's getting all the opportunities. Mm. But then I saw him in the flesh and I've known him for a while. And I realized there's things you might envy me about, you know, there's things that, that or not even envy, but... I'm really good where I am. I'm like I said. I'm learning to just be in my position and just be able to stand here and be grateful for everything, like the goods and the bad. Mm. And 
yeah man like I don't I don't feel that it's like a weight off my shoulder when when I finished the album I felt the weight of all the envy because I'm like no one else can possibly make the album that I made and I'm really happy with it so what is there to be envious of you know I'm on my mm. own path mm. I love that mm. took time though jeez did you have to do anything to like allow yourself to process it a lot process. of conversations not necessarily specifically storms but just about being envious of other people's paths and then realising I always say this if I signed when I wanted to sign I would have signed when I was 16 and if I signed when I was 16 I'd probably be dead <laughs> I'd probably oh, be okay. dead I would have had a <laughs> mad mental health thing where they were telling me like the conversation that I've had with labels and the way it can be when you don't know yourself like it's, it can I can see why it gets dark for certain artists mm. but I know myself and I signed when I knew myself. So, you know, everything in this time. Yeah. And is it difficult as a black man navigating the music industry, even though you're in the black music scene? Mm. Is it, is it, are there any hurdles you've had to jump? I think just being a black man in this world, no hurdle in the, in the music industry is bigger than a hurdle that I've had to face when I was growing up. So mm. not really. I've maneuvered this far being a black man in this world. So and I know more than I knew. And when I'm in the industry, I'm like, this is not different to the roads. Like, it's not that mm. different. It's just the risk and the threat level is probably lower. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, there's not really much to be scared of. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, I'm not scared. It just annoys me sometimes, some things. When I'm like, sometimes you feel like, there's a line on the album I said, it says, um, cage birds singing in rooms with glass ceilings, but smashing through the glass does its damage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, being a caged bird singing in a room with a glass ceiling is very annoying sometimes when your song is unique to you mm. and a lot of people are trying to put on you their impression of it when it's like, no, no, no. If you want to let someone bloom, you have to let them be the best version of themselves, not what you think is the best version of them. Like, mm. So, yeah, working through that complex has been, it's been heavy. It gets heavy sometimes and you I feel imagine. like you're... It's a bit unheard until you're heard. So like I just disappeared, came back with an album and everyone was like, oh no, we complete, it's answered all the questions that we had. So it's just more about like trust in the process. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a few questions. I want to talk about your writing rituals. Okay. Your process when you write, mm. where you go to write, what do you do and when you're writing. Um, so the first question is, what and who inspires your writing? My friends. Your friends? More time. Yeah, 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 my friends. People around me. Okay. Mm. And conversation. So, for example, we might be talking about Rick and Morty, yeah? Mm -hmm. And that conversation that we had inspired a whole song. Okay. And then I maybe said Rick and Morty in that song once, but, like, the conversation sparked the thought that sparked another thought that sparked another thought that turned into a song. Mm -hmm. So it's like, when you don't give it any boundaries... It can come from anything. So yeah. Like, yeah, there's like a song from the album I wrote in Jamaica, but there's a song I wrote in Fortin Heath <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, like, I see what yeah. you mean. Mm. I see what you mean. Do you have any writing exercises that you do? Pen and paper. Pen and paper. Pen I'm and like paper. that as well. Yeah, 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 pen and paper. I changed this year though. What were you before? Phone. So on your notes app? Yeah, notes app. There's a different kind of feel to it. And like, I hate writing. So mm. I write so my hand hurts sometimes and I'm like, I really must love this if I'm trying to write it <laughs> my hands hurting rather than just like, just typing. And yeah. There's something about the physical form of it that makes it more real mm. and it also makes it easier to remember when you write. So. Get you. Mm. 
And what is your bad writing habit? I don't write enough. Sometimes I'll have an idea and I'll just start rapping. I'll be like, yeah, this is going to be a sick lyric. And I just won't do it. I just won't write it. I'll be like, oh yeah, but I'm going to come up with another one soon anyway. So That's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Almost, I feel like it's almost like taking that for granted almost. Do you, yeah, would you maybe. Taking it for granted. Taking it for granted also. But also I'm like, I, I, it's seasonal for me. If I was to write every single night, I would never sleep. Mm. Sometimes I want to sleep. <laughs> but like, have you ever thought about, I don't know, recording the lyric for like, you'll come back to it when you need it? I did that sometimes, but I, I've actually never come, it. I never go back to it. So I've got a full phone of, of just, <laughs> just like, like nonsense voice notes. notes. And also because I produce as well, it's not always, I might just record like a hi-hat. Or like a little melody that I hear or something. But I've, I've realised I've actually never come back to it. If it's really good, I'll make sure that I write it down. Mm. But if it's not, I'll let it go. Like creativity, it, it's not limited to, or mine isn't limited to my writing either. Like I want to paint a, a wall in my room, Um, I think this weekend. I'm going to try drawing something. Are you going to try and draw? A bird and a flower. I don't know. I the don't bird know. holding the flower or no. next to <laughs> <laughs> like, like in his beak, like what do you I don't mean? know, you know, I've not thought that far ahead, but I just know when I draw this flower, yeah, it's just going to be the waviest flower. Okay. It's going to be so perfect. <laughs> and I'm focusing all my creativity on that, if that mm. makes sense. Or like, I put my creativity into like a marketing campaign. I'm thinking, how can we communicate? Duh, duh, duh. How are we going to get the videos to be different? And that's still creative. So it doesn't necessarily have to always be lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say is the hardest part of being a black rapper? Well, Producer, songwriter, musician. I think trying to not be labelled as a rapper. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I don't, not, don't. <laughs> no, I'm not offended. No, because <laughs> no, it's like a lot of people, they try and typecast you as a certain thing. And also, even though I understand, I rap, so I'm seen as a rapper, mm. of course. But sometimes I'm like, if I come up with an idea and I'm singing, I feel like I have to show you more than if I was to say that I'm just going to rap because they'll be like, oh yeah, if you're going to rap, then cool. But if I'm singing, I'm like, I really have to prove that you can sing. That I can sing or I have to prove that I can produce before you, or I can prove that I can write an indie song, for yeah. example. Like I want to get into songwriting, but different genres. Well, I'm trying to get into that because I've been, I've been writing songs for different genres for a long mm. time. But then like, they'll be like, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe we should get a, someone else. I'm like, no, I'm, I can do I it. I can do it, you know, like, trust me. Mm. No, but you're, just, you, you, you're really good at rapping though. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Does that make you like quite irritated? It used to. It used to. I've stopped. I've just stopped relying on outside voices, man. Mm. I've got my voices that I trust and they've been the same voices that I've trusted for a long time. Yeah. And it's got me this far. So I don't really need new opinions, if I'm honest. Yeah. So this next section is where I really need you to like pull out all your gems. Okay. So in every episode, I normally ask guests to share advice to other black writers or younger mm -hmm. black writers. What would you tell them? Find your voice. Find the things that you care about enough to speak about it aloud, mm. if that makes sense. A few of the old songs that I made, I was really saying some stuff, you know? Like I was that really- That good stuff? I don't know. I was really communicating how I felt. And it was a song okay. called Remember Me. And I was, I didn't realize I was talking about depression. Do you get me? Mm. But it was just my outlet and my way to communicate. And I was like, a oh, 16 year old Jordan was deep, man. But he didn't even know it at the time. So yeah. like find, that's why when I say find your voice, that's what I mean. Like really find your voice, find the things that you care about enough to 
speak about without it feeling like a force. And then I'd say, find your sound. What do you want your voice to sound like? What do you want your instruments to sound like? What do you hear? So like, yeah. I hear... I'm not going to make Afrobeats. I'm not an Afrobeats mm-hmm. artist. I'm Jamaican. I'll make dancehall with anything. Yeah. You get me? So <laughs> I make music that sounds like my inspirations and then I make mm. it a little bit more me. So yeah. I'd say, find your voice, find your sound and ignore the noise. So, ignore the noise yeah. in terms of people's opinions. Goodness me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ignore the noise, man, because people don't even know what they want. Like I've had some weird conversations, man. Like people telling me what they think something I make should sound like. So I've done it. And they've been like, oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm not going to listen to you again because mm. you weren't sure. Whereas if someone says, oh, I want to hear something, if I'm like, if I hear an artist and I hear what they, I hear something that I would like them to sound like, I would tell them this is what I would like them to sound like. And then when they sound like it, I'd say, yeah, this is what I wanted. Simple as that. Yeah. Whereas other people, like I said, what people want changes every day. So it's just noise, isn't it? It mm. doesn't really matter. Mm. You mentioned earlier that 16 year olds. Jordan was quite deep and was very raw with their emotions. How do you say your music is now? Do you do that now? Because I know you've also spoken quite a lot about grief Mm. and just navigating that and Mm. navigating how you've matured and grown up in your music. How have you found navigating those emotions? Pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. easier than talking about it in conversation. Definitely. Mm. I think um, I said another lyric, um, the pen pad and the mic is the only thing that knows me well. Because they listen and don't speak. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, I've always found it easy to communicate how I feel through music. It's more about me figuring out how I actually feel through through a song, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know how I feel right now, but I don't feel good. Okay, let me go to the studio. Cool. Then I write a song like Halos. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what, I, what, that's what was on my shoulders at the time. Mm. Now I feel better. Yeah. Would you call yourself successful now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm successful. I've, I've done the thing that I wanted to do, man. Like I've, I've made music. I released an album with a major label. I went to mm-hmm. Jamaica. I've made a film. Like I've been around the world because of this. So I'm like, I'm already a success. But mm-hmm. now it's about what do I want? Like I know I'm in the second half of my career. Yeah, I'm. I'd say I'm like seventy percent done with being George the artist. Yeah what do I want that last 30% to look like? You know, mm. And I don't know that yet. I don't know the answer. I know what I want the next 10%, so the album and the next run after that. And then after that, I just want to be just me more free to travel the world, man. And I guess it's more, for me, it's about a journey of becoming content. Because I don't really, I think if you search for happiness and you're striving for happiness, the minute you're not happy, you're going to be, it's going to be the end of the world. Whereas mm. if you're content, you accept that sometimes you're going to be happy. Sometimes you're going to be sad but you're just at peace with all the things that you've done. So I guess my goal is to be content. Yeah. It was really lovely to see him again after 12 years. And we haven't seen each other for such a long time. And just hearing about his experiences, how he's navigated the music industry has just been very encouraging and inspiring as well. And also when he mentioned about when people used to laugh at him rapping before and he still just persevered and continued to do what he was meant to do or felt like he was meant to do. Um, so yeah, I hope you all enjoyed this episode and was able to take something out of it and just realise that our goals will continually move and our goalposts will continually move and we just have to be open and receptive to 
where life takes us, essentially, in our creative endeavours. Yeah.